What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's guest is my new great friend, and I seriously say that because it's crazy how much me and this dude bonded through this podcast. It's somebody who I have been following from afar. Um, I knew who he was. I think he knew who I was, but we never really connected, um, and somehow, I actually can't even remember how, but somehow we got connected to, to podcast together, so... He came on my show, I went on his show, and through those two conversations within a matter of a couple days, man, we're on a texting basis now. The dude just, I see eye to eye with him, I resonate with his story, it's a very um, inspiring story, it's a very motivational story, and I just like surrounding myself with people who are doing big things with their life, and this man is doing something huge. He has a, a long history with, um, I mean, a whole lot we're going to get into, from drugs and depression to changing his lifestyle into fitness and achieving success in the bodybuilding and physique world and then transitioning into the CBD industry, the cannabis uh, cannabis industry, starting a massive company that is doing great things and is going to continue to blow up and do even bigger things. I mean, shit, some of the stuff we talked about off air blew my mind with what their plans are for this company. Um, but he started a CBD company, a, a cannabis company within the physique fitness realm, which I think was so smart because it's a it's a very niche thing. Like nobody is taking CBD and bringing it into health and fitness. Um, it's kind of this world where, I mean, cannabis in general, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. A lot of people want to shy away from it. I am from Seattle. It's everywhere. It's just the norm around here. I am not a big cannabis user, but um, but I know a lot of people are, and it's just it's not that big of a deal to me. So. I always thought it was weird that people shy away from talking about it. People think it's awkward to talk about. People don't want to bring it up. People have bad views on it when it's really great for a lot of medicinal purposes. And there's a lot of studies coming out from um, putting people with Crohn's into remission to helping with obviously cancer and all these different brain things, joint inflammation, um, anxiety, all these things. And we got into the science of this. So if there's anybody here um, who wants to learn more about CBD, this is why I brought Joseph from Cured Nutrition onto the podcast. Joseph is the CEO of Cured Nutrition, and he is taking CBD oils, CBD capsules, THC, edibles, all these different things to a completely new world. Um, and he even sent me a care package, and I am a completely unbiased person. I'm not affiliated with them. He's just a good friend. This was my first time actually trying CBD. So he sent me a whole box of shit, um, and I got to test it all out. Um, I gave uh, some of your... He gave me this nut butter stuff. Um, I haven't tried that yet. My brother is a major fan of it, so he loved it. He said it tastes great. Um, he has some low back pain, and it helped a lot when we actually went skateboarding the other day. Um, I have used the uh, tinctures, the droplets, quite a bit so far. And I will say that there's – for one, I slept like a baby. So if anybody needs help with sleeping, it's great for sleeping. Um, it does not get you high. It doesn't give you that weird, crazy feeling, which I actually do not enjoy. So it was perfect for me. It helped me sleep. It, it keeps me asleep. My mind goes a million miles an hour, so it's hard for me to wind down and actually go to bed. This helped a lot. Um, it helped with anxiety. I have anxiety because um, – and I think a lot of high producers are this way. Our mind's constantly going. We think of every possible outcome, and a lot of times the possible outcome is a negative one. And we get in our own minds about doubt, fear, scarcity, anxiety, judgment, all these different things. Um, and I am that way. So it helped me alleviate that anxiety, which was great. My joints feel amazing. Um, and I've been purposely using it for the last almost two weeks now 
um, not every day, but pretty religiously because I wanted to talk about on the show in the intro. I wanted to tell you guys like, man, I'm, I'm standing by this. It works. Like if I'm going to bring somebody on the show who's representing something, I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to experience it before I let you guys listen to me talk about it and rant about it. So, um, it's great. And, and I never had joint issues. I, I eat a very, very um, anti-inflammatory diet. I do a lot of mobility. I do a lot of things that take care of my joints. But I will say my joints do definitely feel good. Um, usually I get real sore from skateboarding and I actually felt pretty good the, the days after, which is rare. Um, so I'm a big fan. So I brought Joseph on the show. Joseph is the owner, the creator, the CEO of Cured Nutrition. And he's going to break down everything we need to know about cannabis um, and CBD and the benefits and, and what the science is about all these different can- cannabinoids, which I didn't really know about until getting him on the show. So it's really interesting. But on top of that, and the reason I think a lot of my listeners are going to love this show is because we don't just talk about CBD. I mean, more than the first half of the podcast is talking about his personal journey through drugs, through trans transformation, physically, mentally, depression, anxiety, all these different things, um, ch- completely changing careers more than once and still coming out on top, a motivated individual being successful. This is a very inspiring podcast and it just builds as it goes on. So I'm very excited to bring him on the show and I'm very excited for you guys to hear this episode. Um, if you guys like this show, if you love this episode, what you can do for me to help me grow this show um, is actually take a screenshot while you're listening it. Look at your iPhone, take a screenshot, snapshot it with my logo and Joseph's name so we can both spread this message, his company and my podcast. Take a screenshot, share it on your story, and tag me so I get it in my DM so I can talk to you about the show and hear what you liked about the show and hear who you want me to get on the show next because I choose my guests based on who you guys want to hear. So the best way for you guys to help me besides leaving a five-star rating and review is to actually take a screenshot of this show and then tag your boy in it today. All right, guys, before any more ranting, let's get on to this great interview I'm super excited for you guys to hear with Joseph Sheehy from Cure Nutrition. I'm happy to dive into every aspect of my story. It's, it's really crazy because I came from, I actually was an aerospace engineer, got out of school, went into aerospace engineering, went into the physique world, and now in the cannabis world, and those all are very disconnected, but I've been able to connect them in, the, in kind of a crazy way, so... That is crazy. So let's just do this. I'm already recording. So let's just start with yeah. uh, how did you, so, so you started in the aerospace area, you said? Yeah. Yeah. I worked for uh, one of the biggest defense companies in the world, or if not the biggest uh, Lockheed Martin for almost eight years. And while I was there, I worked on a bunch of NASA programs. So we did a lot of interplanetary space, but I also worked uh, earth orbiting spacecraft towards the end of my career there. I was doing a lot of mechanisms design on a program called Orion, which is supposed to replace the space shuttle. Um, so it was, what was it, three, four, five years ago, I got to see the very last space shuttle launch, which absolutely was incredible, and then got to work on what's supposed to be replacing that, and left that uh, career about two years ago, moved to California, and moved for an engineering job, but as soon as I got to California, that's when everything started to change. And I just realized I was like, you know what? Engineering's cool. I'm a nerd. I love to geek out with people, love to talk space. I love science, but it's not like there's so much more to me than that. And so that's when I started to really get the entrepreneurial bug was about about two years ago. Okay. And then so you transitioned from that, which is a crazy start, to be honest with you. I, I did not. I mean, just from afar, looking at your content, looking at what you do, I would not expect that you were 
working on space shit, dude. That's pretty yeah. cool. And it's actually really fascinating. So from there you went into the physique world and I know you did some bodybuilding or. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, it's, it's crazy, man. My story is multifaceted because at, even though I was in, you know, I was working for a very prestigious aerospace company for a while, <clears throat> but I was at the time getting through college, graduating college and partying like crazy. I was living an extremely crazy life. I was, I was caught up in things that uh, were, I, I was, I was easily influenced by my surroundings. Being in college, I had a lot of friends that liked to party, I, that liked to go out and have fun. And I, I enjoy that, but I started to find myself like not listening to myself and not following who I knew I was. So I started to lose myself through partying and um, got to a point uh, towards the end of college where I was extremely depressed and actually suicidal and got hospitalized, got put on antidepressants, like saw my life like slipping away and ended up leaving uh, Boulder, Colorado, where I was going to school, moved back to Littleton where my parents were. And that's when I started getting into competing, into bodybuilding. Cause I said, you know, I like, I'm so lost. I don't know who I am, but I've always been, I've always loved health and fitness and working out. And I just let that slip to the wayside when I was in college. And that was when Instagram started coming to be a thing. And I saw people competing. I was like, you know what? I want to do what these people are doing. I'm extremely lonely back in my hometown where my parents are. I left all my friends up in school. I'm trying to continue to be a successful engineer. I need to focus my energy somewhere that's going to keep my mind right, keep my body right, and get me out of this dark place that I was in mentally. Uh, so it was, it was like 2012, end of 2012, 2013, when I started getting interested in competing and, you know, walked into my trainer, the trainer that I chose at the time. I was like, you know, I'm ready to step on stage. What do you think? He's like, just like laughed at me. I was like, oh, that's, that's my ego talking. <laughs> I spent a really long, so I spent like, <clears throat> I spent like eight months putting on a bunch of size and then, uh, about a year after I decided I wanted to compete, stepped on stage for the first time and really started to find something that I really enjoyed. I started to meet a lot of people that were like-minded, that liked to take care of themselves, that liked to uh, focus all their energy on something that was, you know, going to make them feel good rather than, you know, a short-term experience where you're going out and you're getting fucked up or you're just partying. And so I started to meet a lot of good people in that realm and I got, I got kind of addicted to competing and that was kind of my life for for about four years and although it pulled me away from a very self-destructive life and partying life it started me it started pulling me into like another kind of addictive dangerous realm where like I was obsessed with what I saw in the mirror I was my I saw my career slipping away because I was only focused on when I was going to eat next and when I was going to go train and that was, that was really when I started to really question, like, is this, is this message that I'm trying to promote? Is that what healthy is? Are all these people that we follow on Instagram that are portraying this message of hashtag health, show your six pack, eight pack, and like never go out and have fun, never get to really enjoy things in life. Is that like, is that, is that what I want? Is, is that really healthy? And so I really started questioning things about two years ago, but I have to say that although it started to lead in a path where I saw wasn't the best for me. Competing is what pulled me out of a very dark time in my life. And then it just, it was a lot of like self self, you know, just being introspective and looking at myself and saying, Hey, like, 
why am I doing this? Why, why did I step into competing to begin with? And let's step back to those roots. Let's not get caught up in the, I want to be a pro. I want to be on stage. I want to be the most shredded guy all the time because I want to promote health and I want to promote, I want to promote health between like my ears and in my head. And, and what does that mean? And how can I, how can I show other people that, that look up to, you know, people that are shredded and feel like it's something that they can't ever achieve. And then I, you know, I felt like I was putting the wrong message out there. I was saying like, Hey, like, look at me, I changed my life, but now I'm just stuck in this never ending cycle of bodybuilding. So it was, it was a crazy, you know, four or five years of trying to find myself and then almost losing myself in another like identity crisis. And so that's kind of what led me to starting my podcast, the higher health podcast. And that was when I moved out to California that I really started to dive into that. And I was still an engineer at the time. And then things just started to unfold one after another. And I think at the basis of it, it's been a, it's been a big self-discovery journey. Yeah. So I have to ask this because I was thinking about this. You created the higher health podcast a while ago and I went back and looked at some old ones. And I mean, you even have some people, I want to say like Paul Ravella, Eric Helm, some yeah. guys that are like good names in the natural bodybuilding space. Um, but were you doing any of the CBD stuff back then? Cause now I'm like, Oh, higher health. Duh. Like it makes sense. Right? Did it, was that coincidence or it was, it's crazy, man. So I I'm from Colorado. I moved to California, uh, at the beginning of 2017. So two States that are very heavy in the cannabis industry and more so leaders in the cannabis industry. I saw, um, an opportunity for business while I was in Colorado in the cannabis space. And what I knew at the time was engineering. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to, I'm going to try and solve problems in the cannabis space from an engineering standpoint. And I had ideas pop up here and there. I went down a couple routes uh, for business ventures and they just didn't really seem to come to fruition, but I always had a deep desire to do something in the cannabis space because cannabis is something that has only benefited my life. There's a lot of things that we've, even just talked about in the last five minutes that became destructive, but I can't ever look to cannabis and say, cannabis did this wrong in my life. I can't ever say it made me feel in a way that was unhealthy, that it, that it, I would rather go home and use cannabis than drink alcohol. It's always been, it's always been good in my life. I've never seen something wrong with it. So I've always been interested in the space. And when I moved out to California, I, I basically took the first engineering job that I could get. I moved out there with my fiance at the time. Things weren't going very well. And I was just like still extremely lost, but had the desire to still be on the forefront of what cannabis is going to be. California was starting that their uh, recreational program. I said, you know what, let's do this, but let's bring it to the fitness industry. Let's talk about, let's, let's bring people that people look up to. And let's have them talk about cannabis and how they use it. And let's try and break a stigma because I think that's the biggest problem with the industry. And if I, if I could leverage people that I had met over the years that have the same thought process and use cannabis in a way that I do, I, I feel like we could create a movement. And it was, it was kind of twofold. The higher health was like, okay, it's, it's a selfish thing. I, I was frustrated with myself and the message that I was putting out there. I was caught up in bodybuilding. And so I wanted to discover what healthy 
truly was. And so it's like a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of understanding what healthy really means. And then I started to think about it more and I was like, you know what, I like to use cannabis before I work out. And so it's kind of this pun of what high, what is higher health is that getting high and going and working out? Well, no, not necessarily. That wasn't the basis of it, but more and more people I asked exactly like you did, is that what you were intending to do? And the answer is yes and no. I, I definitely wanted to be on the forefront of a movement. And I also wanted to promote health and, and talk about something that I'm extremely passionate about. And, and that's figuring out what healthy is in my life and in my mind and, and those around me. And so it just started to evolve uh, from a, an initial desire to just rediscover what it means to be healthy. And, you know, a lot of the people that I had on the podcast early on, <clears throat> we're kind of going through the same process. A lot of people stepping away from the stage, the natural, uh, the people in the natural bodybuilding world um, that like to call more or less bullshit on things. And I said, you know what? I, I agree with these people. I will be fully transparent and say, I was putting the wrong message out there for a while. I was taking steroids for a while. I wasn't promoting health, I, even though I was saying I was. I, I, my message was foggy and I felt like I needed to take a step back and, and redefine myself and be completely vulnerable with everybody that I've had following me over the years. And that's where higher health was born. Um, but the more I started talking to people about cannabis, the more I started to realize that a lot of people use it, but a lot of people don't talk about it. And I, I just, I was like, I don't get it. I don't know why. And when I started using CBD myself about, uh, about two years ago, I started noticing there's a huge reduction in my anxiety day to day and my sleep was improving. And so that was when I started to realize, okay, there's, there's something going on here. I'm going to combine this platform that I'm building up. You know, I don't get a lot of downloads on my podcast. I get, I think the most I was getting at a time was 15 to 20,000 downloads a month, which is what's good. And I've put a lot of work into it, but for me, it was just building this community of like-minded individuals and, whoever wants to come listen can listen. Uh, but there's going to be people, be people that listen to me and say, well, I don't agree with him. And that's okay. I've been trying to build my tribe and people that are like-minded. And, and, uh, last year, uh, I, I called a buddy that I went to college with. I said, Hey, I've got this idea. Let's bring CBD to the health and fitness industry. I've seen a couple companies that have come out with certain products. Uh, one was flavor God. I was like, you know what? That took off. I could do something like that and I could include CBD in it. So we did that and, and it just took off last year, man. And I, I think it was, I think it was really due to the fact that um, we, we kind of created this new movement in um, a, a group or industry or collection of people that haven't really talked about something before. And so we, you know, CBD cannabis companies are, they're all over the place, but these, the people that started representing cured were the first ones to really do it on social media in the, in the group of people that I kind of followed and started to build up. So it was like one of my favorite books is uh, zero to one by Peter Thiel. And I read that book at the beginning of last year. And that was where I started to say, Hey, we're going to do something completely new in an industry that I love and I want to bring impact to. And as of September of last year, we had our first day of sales and it was just like, you know what, this is going to happen. 
I quit my engineering job and I was all in and it's been a grind ever since, but uh, the people that represent Cured and the people that have come out and, and talked to me about the benefits that they've seen from CBD and the benefits that they've seen other people go through with using CBD, it, it, it really struck me in, in my heart and, and realized, made me realize that like I'm doing something that's creating an impact and we, we became all in, man. Dude, I love it. I think it's honestly so smart because like you said, and I live in Washington, so that's probably the third place where it's everywhere. And for yeah. the longest time, like everyone I meet and even fit gym owners, everything like behind closed doors, they all smoke, they all use CBD, they all use some kind of cannabis and it's just really quiet. And I think the fitness space was actually waiting for somebody to really come out. So you, dude, you hit the nail on the head. Um, listening to that story, I literally, I'm going to pick it apart because there's a bunch of that I want to like kind of do dig it, into. Man. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is going back, like you went through two different dark times, more of a dark time and then more of a, a addictive personality time where I think I've been mm -hmm. the same thing. I've stepped on stage and I've done the exact same thing. What was the biggest takeaway from that? And, and how can you help other people not get sucked into those type of uh, holes? Yeah. Um, the first one, when I found myself uh, depressed in college and using drugs and alcohol, uh, it was, it was literally just the realization that you are not the person that you know you can be. And it's because you're easily influenced by people around you. And it, for me, it was, I was, I would get very socially anxious. So I would, I would drink and take drugs until I couldn't, like, I didn't feel the social anxiety anymore. And the biggest takeaway from that was just to listen to yourself and to understand that like that, that person that's knocking on the inside, that's telling you that this is not you or that decision that you're, you're making is not truly who you are. We just, so many people just ignore that. And I ignored it for so long. And I, I started to come down on myself because I knew in my heart of hearts who I am and what I wanted to be and what, what I wanted to do with my life but I didn't listen to it. I didn't follow it. I, I always had that voice, but I just pushed it to the wayside. And for me, it was, it was just a realization that if you don't change your life right now, you're going to lose your life because I was suicidal. I was, I got to, I, I, I went to jump off a bridge um, one night and got pulled over by somebody sitting underneath the bridge 2 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Who the hell knows what he was doing there, but he saved me. And I got a text message from the guy the next day just asking me how the world was today. And that, to me, changed everything. And then I saw my parents' reactions when I told them what I went through and what I was going through and the decision that I was going to make and what I was doing to my body. Um, and for anybody that is ever suicidal or extremely depressed, um, a huge lesson that I pulled from that was that ending your life is actually a very selfish thing to do. That's not saying that you're not in a lot of pain. That's not saying that you're, you're not lost, that, um, that you're scared, that you're in a place that you don't want to be, that other people don't want you to be in. Nobody wants you to feel that. But taking that route out was actually the selfish route. And when I saw my parents' reaction and how they were just crumbled by me saying what my decision was to try to attempt to end my life and seeing how much I was going to hurt them, that changed everything for me because it showed me that, okay, your pain is gone, 
but the pain that you're bringing into everybody else's life is going to be felt for a really long time. And that's actually really selfish. Man, that's fucking powerful. I wasn't expecting to go that route. What, what have you done since then to keep those thoughts out of your mind? Cause I mean, like one thing I, I love to make sure that's on this podcast is like actionable takeaways. I'm mm-hmm. huge on daily routines. And I got to imagine that after all of that, you have some form of daily ritual or something that keeps you positive and on the right path. So you do not let any of those thoughts creep in your head. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and, and a book that I'm reading right now has been really impactful in that as well. It's called the untethered soul. I'm not sure if you've really read good. that book, but, uh, that damn voice in your head, that other, that roommate that we all have that speaks to us uh, in positive ways and in negative ways uh, is it, 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 it influences a lot of our life and more of our life than we actually tend to realize. For me, it's, it was, it was learning to meditate and learning to recognize what type of thought patterns I have. And, you know, over the course of the last two years, it's been a very, you know, starting your own business is extremely stressful. You're always thinking about what you're going to do next, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing. Um, but being able to sit and meditate consistently over the last two and a half years, taking those 10, 15 minutes a day to sit there and realize what my thought patterns are and why they go certain ways and why I am anxious um, is huge for me. And what I realized is that for me, it's I'm never living in the present. I'm always living in my next step. And then a lot of times I'm living in decisions that I've made in the past that I'm upset with. And when I can sit down and I can meditate and I can actually be present for 10, 15 minutes a day and then open my eyes and sit there and, and really rest in that, it was complete game changer, changer for me because I recognized why I get myself anxious, why I get so hard on myself and when you can actually learn to recognize that stuff, you'll be going through your day, you'll feel, you'll feel frustrated, you'll feel upset with something that's going on, but you take those 10, 15 seconds away and you learn to breathe and come back to your center and, re- and ask yourself why you're thinking that way and is it, is it something that you should put weight to? Because anxiety, a lot of times, is something that really you shouldn't give any weight to. You, know, you can be nervous about things that are going to happen in your life. You can be upset with decisions that you've made in the past, but if you live on them and don't move on, you're just going to, you're just being self-destructive and you're, and you're doing a disservice to yourself. So for me, it's, it's the daily meditating, man. And when I get away from it, I notice a huge difference and it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And it's for me, I, before I ever got into it, I used to think it was a lot harder than it actually is. There's a lot of ways to go through guided meditation uh, through apps such as Headspace, which is the one I use all the time. Um, but people think, people think meditation, they think OM, like Buddha, like sitting with your legs crossed, candles, and like all that type of stuff. And yes, that, that is meditation. That's how it's been practiced for a long time. But meditation can come through 10 simple breaths and just coming back to center and recognizing you know, okay, that thought, I shouldn't put weight to that thought. Let's move forward. Let's, let's live in the present and move forward in that way. It's, it's an absolute game changer for me. So that's Dude, you're, non, non-negotiable. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir. It's crazy. Cause I think for, I went through the same thing where I actually had a loved one tell, tell me that they didn't feel like they, I was present. And when I really analyzed it, I was like, fuck, like I'm always plugged into something, always reading something, studying something, talking to somebody posting on social media, something. Um, so I had to get into meditation as well. My first thought was like, I'm going to meditate so hard right now. Like 
I'm going to get into it. And then you, you go crazy. Cause if you're, if you're one of those a type personalities, usually entrepreneurs are, and you, you have a struggle being present, usually it's hard to be quiet with yourself. Like I remember trying to force myself into a float tank. Cause I was like, this will work. And I got anxiety cause I was just yeah. by myself. Right. So, um, I think that's huge. Uh, did you ever feel like you had to overcome like a period of time of like really struggling with meditation where it was hard to be alone. And then you just had to kind of be consistent. Cause I hear people say they, I tried meditation doesn't work for me. Like I hear that all the time, but I feel like it does mm-hmm. take some time. Yeah, it, it definitely takes a lot of time. And I'll be honest that that's actually, um, in addition to waking up and moving around, walking around, getting on the treadmill, whatever it is, uh, that's part of my morning routine is I'll go get be active for a little while and then I'll sit down and meditate. And I think the movement in combination with, I use cannabis a lot before I do that and meditate that keeps me centered because I'm very in tune with, you know, especially with the headspace app, they literally walk you through everything. They say, Hey, like, okay, sit there, feel your, feel your butt in the chair, feel your feet on the ground and then scan your entire body from head to toe. Um, so I can't say that it was actually difficult for me to be present. Um, and maybe it was just because headspace was the first thing I chose and it worked for me, but I honestly have had a lot of people say to me that it's extremely hard for them to get into it. And I would say even, even in yoga, um, when I do easier yoga classes, I feel my mind wandering. But when I do harder ones where I literally can't think about anything besides balancing on one foot and getting into some crazy position, that's when I can be fully in tune with what I'm doing. Um, but that, I think that's something that I hear a lot from people is that it's, it's hard to actually uh, get into the meditation and not let your mind wander all over the place. And I believe it. I, I know that it would happen for me if I wouldn't have found the app that worked for me. And I'm not saying that's the answer for everybody, but it's uh, I haven't, I haven't heard a lot of people say it's extremely easy right off the bat. No, I think it definitely takes consistency. And I think that, like you said earlier, like the goal isn't always to just sit there and own like my mindset when I first started was I'm not supposed to think about anything, but mm-hmm. in reality, that's impossible, right? I think it's more about distracting your mind from negative thoughts. So even yeah. like you said, yoga, or for me, like skateboarding for a long time was some form of meditation because I couldn't think of anything except skateboard, right? So, mm-hmm. um, one big benefit that I talk about a lot and a lot of people talk about with uh, meditation is taking that time to actually create more time later on because it creates more mm-hmm. productivity in your day. Do you feel like that's a pivotal point to make you the entrepreneur you are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think if I, I've been that person that wakes up and dives in right away. And if I watch my productivity levels when I do that, they just drop like crazy. So for me, it's, it's the self-care. It's, the, it's giving yourself the time that you deserve to be able to have the energy that you should have to then pour into other activities throughout the day. If you don't have that, you're just going to burn yourself out. And I've been, I've been guilty of that for a lot of years in my life. And that's what it was through competing. It was like, I'm just going to put everything I have into this and I'm going to be the best competitor. I'm going to turn pro and I'm going to have this crazy career as a professional physique competitor. And then I saw my career was struggling. I saw my relationships were struggling and it was because, okay, cool. I am, I, I thought I was doing this self-care act, but really I wasn't. I was just pushing myself to, to an extreme and I can do that with work too. I can be a high achiever, but it's not sustainable. 
And I think that for the long-term goal in the long run, you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of your business, before you can take care of your loved ones. And I would say that that's something that I'm actually struggling with a lot right now. Being a business owner is giving myself that time. But if I can gift myself those five, 10, 15 minutes a day, I watch everything throughout the day change. It's it, dude. It's all connected. I hundred percent agree. Um, I want to, I want to, again, pick that whole story apart and dive back to the steroids thing. You said, if you don't yeah. mind me talking about it a little bit, not at all. Um, you said I once was, so you're not anymore. No, no, I took, I actually, uh, it's been close to 20 months since I've been off. So it's been, it's been a journey out of it and it's, it was been really hard. Um, when you want to talk about depression and you want to talk about your hormones and how they affect your mental state, it's, it's crazy. And I think that's why a lot of people get stuck in the rut of cycle after cycle and not like, even if it's like, Hey, I know that I look good, but I'm scared of coming off of steroids and seeing what happens with me losing the muscle or me not being able to walk around as confident as I used to be, or what's going to happen when I, come off and I, and I try to have sex or have a sex drive or like, like all that stuff's extremely scary. And so for me, it was a really hard transition phase last year when I came off and said, I'm actually going to take, take control of my life, take back and not use these supplements that I'm actually leaning on to look a certain way and increase my performance in a certain way that really wasn't benefiting me at all. It was just a, an aesthetic type thing. Um, so it's been, it's been tough, but it's been about 20 months now and I feel absolutely incredible, but that's not to say for most of last year, I hated how I felt, especially getting to getting, seeing yourself at your best and then meeting new people. Like for example, I was at my best before I moved to California. I started a new job in California. I was off of steroids. I was trying to get myself back to being healthy. I'm trying to tell people that I work with like, yeah, I used to be like this competitor. This is what I used to look like. And I would show them pictures and they're like, yeah, whatever, dude. And so, and that like, that's hard because I pride myself in, you know, what I've accomplished and not being able to feel that confidence in the gym and bring people through workouts. Like I used to be able to bring them through. It's tough, man. It's really tough. And the mental aspect, mental emotional aspect of coming off of steroids or even being on steroids, we see how people um, have rage, treat other people, um, all sorts of things, how they make decisions day to day. As much as I would like to say that it didn't affect me when I was on, it's a complete lie. Yeah, dude, I think, and I think that's the to me, that's one of the biggest problems with competing, uh, competing. And if anybody asks me like, Hey, I think I want to do a bikini show or a physique show. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is like, fuck, like it's unrealistic. Cause I know for me, I got shredded. And then ever since then you never looked that shredded. So it's always like comparing yourself to that. Um, how did you recover from the testosterone? Because I actually heard you say on another podcast that you've actually brought your levels up quite a bit. So I'm curious of how you were able to do that, how long that took. And, and obviously if, I mean, if they are up now, like, How's that going? Yeah. So uh, before I started competing, I was at like 660, which is pretty mid range. Um, And I, let's see, I probably took steroids for close to three years um, off and on. Uh, You know, I would do a cycle going into a show, come off for six to eight weeks, 
they, you know, you're supposed to be off. They say be off for as long as you've been on or two times as long as you've been on. Um, but I would go back on cause it'd be time for the next show. And I, I wanted to win. Um, and I never did. Um, <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Um, but I, uh, so I did like, if you get into the community, you start to understand like what a PCT looks like and how you use HCG, how you can use Clomid, how you can use all these things to help replenish and restore yourself back to where you're supposed to be. And so I did that when I came off of my cycle last year for about eight weeks, but then I started really focusing on what I was putting in my body from a nutritious standpoint, even more than I used to. And I had done ketogenic diets going into uh, nationals in Miami, uh, the very first time I did it. So that would have been 2000, 2014. And I got shredded on the keto diet. Um, and I've always been somebody that enjoys fats. And so I started listening to uh, Mind Pump a lot last year. And I, I love those guys. They've got a lot of great knowledge and a lot of great experience. And um, Sal said at one point, can't remember what he said he was talking about taking, but he said at the end of the day, if you're taking something to help replenish levels, hormone levels, whatever it is, you're still dependent on something. And that really struck me. I was like, okay, I, I agree with that. Say I'm still taking Clomid or I'm taking something, some herbs that people think boost your natural testosterone. Am I Am I actually dependent on something? If I, am I actually healing myself? Or should I be looking to just literally go towards food? And I've always known that my body does well with high-fat diets. And I've know, I know that uh, cholesterol and high healthy-fat diets can help with the production of testosterone. So for me, I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And it was about – I didn't go full keto, but I went pretty high-fat for about – nine months after I came off of steroids. And so it was January of 2017 when I came off. January of no, February 2018 was when I got my levels tested again. When I first came off, I was down at like 330 testosterone, and which is <clears throat> expected if you're going to come off of a long cycle of testosterone. Some people are down even below 100 sometimes. Um, went from 330 back up to now 660 in February where I actually started at. And, um, I can't really say that I can attribute to attribute it to much besides the way that I was eating. And I was eating a lot of healthy fats and it probably had a lot to do with lifestyle and the fact that I was training different. I was sleeping better. There, there were probably a lot of aspects, but I think the biggest thing was the way I started to eat differently. Yeah. I was going to say that in a combination of just, you just sound like you've increased your mindfulness so much, dude. So I yeah. can imagine there's a lot that has gone into it. Now, um, one thing that comes into my mind is like, okay, so you're repairing your testosterone and now you introduce cannabis, which everybody says lowers testosterone. Mm -hmm. You went through a process of bringing it up during that. And I'm assuming you consumed cannabis that entire time. So do you have yep. any information on like what the realistic um, result is of cannabis and testosterone? Does it actually harm you? I honestly can't say one way or the other. I've heard that a lot. Um, I I think when they say, from what I've studied, they say chronic users, and I don't know how you define that. 
Um, for me, it's like I use cannabis almost every single day, but I wouldn't say I'm a chronic smoker. Like I'm not somebody that like smokes cannabis, like say a cigarette user would be. Um, so honestly, I can't say that I've noticed any effect from it. I, um, I enjoy using cannabis before I work out. If I use solely cannabis without a little bit of caffeine before I work out, um, I can't feel like I get through a workout. Now, is that like an instant drop in testosterone? Is that just the effects of the cannabis? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, but that is something that's extremely interesting. And I, as there actually been studies saying that it, it can decrease testosterone and increase estrogen. Mm-hmm. which is which is extremely interesting but i can't say that i have the answer to that i think it's it's one of those things too where there's so many studies that go back and forth it's like and there's a lot of jacked guys that smoke weed or or consume cannabis in some form that i i gotta say it's probably okay <laughs> um so yeah i mean look at arnold exactly right that's the first thing i thought of um and sal is a great and it's funny you said that because i actually just released my podcast with him this morning but he uh oh no shit yeah so i mean he consumes cannabis and he's a pretty jack dude himself so um one thing i would like to get into too is is it's cured nutrition correct correct yeah okay so that kind of strong core with me because that tells me that it's more than just cannabis so can you fill me yeah. in on like everything you guys actually do yeah yeah absolutely so um we, it was funny because the first products that we came out with were CBD infused spices and we called the company cured spices at the time. And then we started to come out with uh, a tincture, a CBD, another CBD concentrate. And we were like, you know what? So like, where is this company going? What's the long-term goal? And I started to think more and more. I was like, you know, CBD is the beginning of what we're doing, but it's, cured nutrition is a new way of looking at nutrition and health and what you put in your body. And I I love the way that cured can actually be a pun just like higher health is. And what we stand for is fixing people's viewpoints on what you can use to amplify and enhance your health and wellness. And I think that cannabinoid use, even more than just CBD, all the cannabinoids can be used in very strategic ways to increase your overall health. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to create products that can be used at any time of the day in any aspect of of your health and fitness routine. So the spices were able to microdose on food. We have a product called Cured Dough, which is basically like an almond butter squeeze pack. So that's a very nutritious snack. So not only are you going to get a nutritious snack, but you're also going to get the effects of the cannabinoids in it. So it's a combination of cannabinoids with nutrition and being able to use them in all aspects of your life. So we actually have things that dogs can use as well. We have concentrates that are great to use morning and night. If you want higher dosages, we have things that are on the go, those squeeze packets. We have the spices that you can use on your food that is just like any normal cooking spice. So it's a new, it's a new age supplement company is what I like to call it. And we're actually working on right now a bunch of nootropics. So we're going to be using cannabinoids and combining them with adaptogens and nootropics and creating products uh, that you can actually use for, yes, you can get the anti-anxiety and calming effects, but you can also get the focus from other constituents that we're going to be putting into the product. So the company was built off of one CBD product and the idea that this will introduce people to using hemp and cannabinoids uh, in a different way for their health and and strictly for their health. 
but we're going into a realm of very, very unique products as a supplement company that are based on cannabinoids. And as we continue to move this business forward, we're actually going to have a really big facility here in Colorado where people are going to be able to come. They're going to be able to use cannabinoids. They're going to be able to train. They're going to be able to get a massage. You're going to be able to go to the cured cafe. We're just going to have a bunch of nutritious snacks with CBD in them, other cannabinoids in them. So we're really creating uh, this kind of center focused uh, building establishment conglomerate, whatever you want to call it based off of, cannabis and cannabinoids but it's going to be it's going to be focused on what i enjoy and that sounds selfish but i love to work out i love to take care take care of my body i love to eat good healthy food and that's where cured is going to be going and creating so cured nutrition was the beginning it is a you could look at as look at it as a supplement company but we're just at the very beginning of what we're trying to create here Wow, man, that is uh, way further than I expected. You're going to have me flying out to Colorado. Dude. Dude, come on out, man. <laughs> so um, can you break down and explain a little bit like uh, what the difference is, like what is a cannabinoid and what are the differences? Because I think a lot of people just understand cannabis and some people cannabis and THC, right? THC gets mm-hmm. high, but there's a lot more things going on inside of cannabis that can actually help different things, which we're going to get into in a sec. But what is a cannabinoid yeah. and how do those differ? Yeah, so a cannabinoid is uh, basically a molecule that can be found in the cannabis plant. There are over 100 cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. THC is a cannabinoid. CBD, cannabidiol, is a cannabinoid. And they are two extremely different cannabinoids, but both have a lot of health benefits. THC is the one that gets you high. CBD is also the other prominent cannabinoid found in the plant, but it doesn't get you high. It's it's I got called out on this. I always say it's non-psychoactive. It is psychoactive. It's non-intoxicating. So it's not going to make you feel high, drunk, anything like that. It's just going to calm you down. But those are only two cannabinoids. So there's CBG, there's CBDA, there's CBN, which helps with sleep. CBG is a great vasodilator. So that's something that I've been looking at a lot to start to say, hey, like we use NO as a vasodilator. How could we use CBG? How could we use this cannabinoid? as another type of supplement. Uh, THCV, um, there's, there's over 100 cannabinoids in the plant. The ones that we know the most are THC and CBD, but they all have medicinal benefits. And not all of them have that intoxic- intoxicating or psychoactive effect. Um, but they are, if you look for something that's more of like a painkiller, like an instant gratification, that's going to be THC for long-term anti-inflammatory properties that's cbd um but it's we're just at the we're just at the forefront of what this is this industry is going to be because every cannabinoid that we start to look at has a benefit just like i was saying with the cbg and the cbn that's great for sleep but what's the hard part is actually having the plant express the certain genes to have that cannabinoid be most prominent so for the longest time, the black market was driving the THC production way up. So we wanted to take the genes that create the highest THC contents and we wanted to express those because we want the most bang for our buck. People wanted to get as high as they possibly could for the lowest amount of price or consuming the lowest amount of cannabis. About five, six, seven years ago, people started to see the benefits of CBD. And so breeders uh, in the industry started 
trying to express the genes that are going to have the contents of CBD be a lot higher in the plant. So we got to the point where we have a plant that looks like a marijuana plant. It has the big buds, but over the course of several years, we've actually been able to breed the THC way down. So it's only, it's less than 0.3% THC, which then classifies it as a hemp plant, but we can have high CBD contents and it's going to actually look like a medical marijuana plant that, uh, that a lot of us see with that have the actual big buds, but the THC content is actually so low that it's still classified as industrial hemp. And it's kind of interesting because it kind of seems like you look at it and it's like, is that a loophole? Well, that's what the laws say. It's the laws say that hemp is cannabis with less than 0.3% THC dry weight. And that was kind of a, a long <laughs> answer to your question, but CBD, THC are cannabinoids. They're two out of over a hundred cannabinoids. Uh, one is toxicating, the other is not, uh, but they all have medicinal benefits. And the plant terpenes, which actually the flavor profiles are something that's being studied more and more now uh, for their medicinal benefits. So it's really fun to be at the beginning of what this industry is going to be because I, th I think we're just, we're just scratching the surface. Dude, that's great. I, I, I haven't dug into it enough, but it sounds like you're obviously, I mean, I would assume you own a company around it, but um, I think it's good too, because a lot of people assume that cannabis gets you high and we don't like being high, right? Like that's bad. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of the stigma mm -hmm. people put in, which I mean, that's a, a personal opinion, but um, it's sure. nice to know that you're sitting here dissecting the plant and taking all these different things to make sure that people can benefit from, I mean, how many cannabinoids did you say there were? There's over a hundred as we know right now. And I, I can't even say I know 80% of them, but the studies are showing that they all have benefits and that's something uh, extremely important that we're trying to promote as well as we do have products that are CBD isolates. So just like a whey isolate, you can isolate CBD um, and that works. But what we truly believe in is whole plant and using the whole plant, because when you use all the cannabinoids and the terpenes, all the flavor profiles together, they actually work synergistically. They're more powerful as a whole plant than in the isolated form. Now, that doesn't mean taking the isolated form doesn't work, and some people actually need that. In the isolated form, the THC content is actually zero. So those people that are worried about taking THC, they would go for our THC-free products because that, that's what their lifestyle asks for. What, you know, who knows who they work for, if they're drug tested, anything along those lines. Um, so we want to meet those people where they're at and we want to be able to give them the benefits of a cannabinoid product. And if they can't use the THC, then we want to offer that. But we truly believe in using the whole plant. And when we say whole plant, that's using all of those cannabinoids. That's using all the terpenes and it's a less refined product. So you go through a CO2 extraction, you take off the lipids, we go through a winterization basically is what it's called. And then a distillation. And then you have, you have a full spectrum oil that contains all of those uh, cannabinoids and terpenes that we're talking about here. So that's the most bang for your buck. But if you're looking for things in the concentra more concentrated form as such as a CBD isolate, there's a lot of that on the market too. And, and people just need to be educated on what the difference is between the two. I love it. Yeah. The thing that popped into my mind, and I think this will help people kind of grasp it. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but taking leucine as like a protein source is great. Don't get me wrong, but it's incomplete. If you take whey or real food, you're going to have all the amino acids and it's probably going to benefit you a little bit more. That's yeah, that's a perfect comparison. Cool. So um, I love it, man. So how can people 
I guess like consume this without smoking. Like what's the most common ways of consuming CBD or THC um, that you find? And then what are the biggest or the most common things that you feel like you're curing? Because I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, joint health is obviously a big one. Anxiety is a big one. I've heard a lot about gut health recently and they actually just did a study where uh, people with Crohn's actually went into full remission from consuming cannabis, uh, which is mm-hmm. mind blowing. But what are uh, the most common ways of people consuming it? And then what do you see the most common like issues are that people are coming to you for? Yeah. Uh, so the most common way, what you'll see now on the market is a CBD oil. That's like basically what everybody knows about. And that's something that's in a tincture form. It usually comes in about 30 milliliter uh, tincture, which is just this little glass bottle that has a dropper in it. You shake it up, you squeeze the dropper, you get in a milliliter, half a milliliter, whatever the whatever the bottle calls for, and you take it as a sublingual dropper. So you put the oil underneath your tongue, you hold it for 60 to 90 seconds, and then you swallow. That's what's most prominent on the market right now. Um, But that being the case was what presented me the opportunity to create more interesting products that people could use without being scared. Like some people, like I open this tincture up and it smells like marijuana and I like marijuana, so I take it. But a lot of people, there's not a lot of people that would agree with that. So I wanted to create something that was approachable. And that's when we went to the spices and being able to have CBD in a powder form. So the CBD isolate is a powder. That's what's in our spices, just mixed with our spices. And you can just use it like any normal spice. You cook with it. Cannabinoids are fat soluble. So when you cook with healthy fats, it actually makes the cannabinoids more bioavailable. And it actually keeps them, you can actually cook at higher temperatures rather than like if you put it on the grill, for example, you're going to vaporize the the powder. Um, So doing it, like putting it in like a crock pot or baking it at a lower temperature or doing like a saute with healthy fats on on the stove is the way that people can use our spices. And then um, a lot of things that you see are like concentrates where uh, you can get it in a capsule form. If you were looking for something that's just going to help day to day uh, with reducing inflammation or calming you, uh, the easiest and fastest way to take it is to just take a capsule. It's just like taking, taking a vitamin just like any other normal vitamin. Uh, so we sell those concentrates as well. And then there's actually topicals out on the market. And I, we at Cured don't sell any topicals. Um, We probably will in the future. I think that um, from a spot treatment standpoint uh, and a topical can be great. There have been people seeing, uh, you know, having like rashes and skin issues and using CBD as a topical and that's actually been helping. But I think that the CBD actually penetrating into through the skin into the muscle, or if it's down like deep joint pain, I don't think that a topical is actually going to be the best approach. I think that a full body into uh, anti-inflammatory is actually better. And that's like what you would do is if you take Advil or you take anything else to reduce inflammation, but actually getting it into your bloodstream is actually going to give you more of a benefit from a whole body aspect. Um, so we haven't, we haven't dove into the topicals quite yet. We might. Um, but I think the biggest thing is like figuring out how they absorb the best. And so for me, I don't want to put a product out there until I know it's like perfect and, we, and it's actually going to work the way it should, because it's really important to be a viable industry and business for these products to work and for people to come back. Um, anytime there's a new booming industry and you probably saw this a lot in Washington from just when cannabis uh, was legalized. There's a huge, a huge race to make a buck because people see that they can make some money and that's all fine and good. Uh, but 
that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it to create an impact and have uh, a lasting viable business. So for us, we take a lot of pride in testing every product that comes out of our door, into our door and out of our door. And um, it's really just meeting people where they are. If people want to just add something to their daily vitamin routine, we want to, we want to add something in our product line for, for that person. Uh, the tinctures are great and that's, what's been around the longest. And that's what we just started our discussion with. It's great to just have it sitting by your sink, put a dropper underneath your tongue morning and night. It's easy to add that in. Um, and then for us, if somebody's really nervous, if you put it in a spice and you just cook and you don't even think that it's there, that's a great way to start. But that's more for a microdosing standpoint. And uh, to add, answer the second question, the biggest thing that CBD is used for is as an anti-inflammatory. And uh, we have to be actually really careful on, you know, the claims that are made from an FDA regulatory standpoint. You know, you look at any supplement and it says the FDA has not uh, evaluated this for efficacy or it's not, it's not intended to treat any illness or disease. And um, it's been really, really cool to see the benefits that people have been getting from it. And if you search platforms such as projectcbd.org or even just Google and see what people are actually able to um, reverse and benefit uh, from sicknesses by using cannabinoids, it's actually really incredible. But as somebody that sells a product, that's something that we can't really dive into much. We really basically say it's a great anti-inflammatory. Inflammation is the basis of a lot of disease. So if you're reducing inflammation, if you're living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, and that's something that you really want to focus on, CBD is a great thing to add in. And then as a calming agent, so many people struggle with anxiety. It's something that actually led me to depression. And for me, I was on even after I got out of being really depressed and taking SSRIs, I still had to take Xanax pretty frequently. When I started using CBD and seeing that it would calm me down, it would allow me to fall asleep and stay asleep, I said, I'm all for this, man. I'm all for using this natural alternative over popping another pill. And so for me, it's if you can't sleep, you can't recover. If you can't if you can't recover, you're basically never going to be able to go back to the gym and actually progress in life. So as an overall health and wellness supplement, that's where CBD lives perfectly. Dude, I love it. So obviously CBD is like, it's a well-rounded supplement. I think it's cool that you guys are taking such a holistic approach because it changes a lot of people's viewpoint. I mean, shit, to be honest with you, I, I come from a background where a lot of the people loved ones, friends, everybody just, it was just a normal thing. So I've never had a bad look on it but I've never knew so much that it's kind of actually swaying me in a completely different direction, to be honest with you. But um, one thing I want to touch on, because you said you work out with it. So I want to ask you about number one productivity, taking it before work, blogging, any of that kind of stuff. Is there a type of cannabinoid that actually helps with productivity? And then the second one would be, is that what you're using for workouts? Obviously. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like to use THC and CBD before I work out. Um, I, I, THC and CBD uh, work really well together. CBD can actually calm the effects of THC. So if you're, it's really crazy, if you are really high and you take a dab, which is basically just a concentrated inhalation of uh, cannabinoid, a dab of CBD, it actually like 
brings you back. You're like no longer high. So it brings you back to center. It's CBD is, it's an adaptogen. It really helps us find homeostasis. I can't get really, really high and work out, but if I use THC, so I can't use high levels of THC and work out, but if I use THC and I use the CBD, that's actually going to calm me down a little bit. Then I just get like the body high, the feels of, you know, okay, I'm actually, I have more mind muscle connection now. And then I combine a little bit of caffeine with it, a little bit of NO that to me puts me in like almost like a flow state. I put on my headphones. I don't care about anything else in the world right now. And I can actually feel every muscle contraction. So a nice one-to-one ratio, like five milligrams, THC, five milligrams, CBD, along with a good clean pre-workout that's not overstimulating is literally like the best thing I've ever felt from a, from a weightlifting standpoint. Um, when I go do yoga, I'll do a one-to-one edible, but I won't use any caffeine. It's more of, you know, I go to yoga to calm my mind and relax and get in that flow state. But that's really what it's doing. It's helping me get into flow and be fully in tune with the task at hand with whatever it is I'm doing, if it's yoga, weightlifting. And for me, I've noticed that using the one-to-one ratio is a lot better than just using one or the other. I just use CBD before things such as like podcasting. I get, I get nervous. I get nervous doing public speaking. I get nervous hopping on a phone call, a important phone call and CBD instantly calms me. It'll calm me within five to 10 minutes. And from a focus standpoint, if I'm calm and actually just fully 100% present, which is me not being anxious, thinking about other things, then I perform a lot better. Um, I would say that you wouldn't use it solely as something for focus. I would say you use it in combination with anything that might be overstimulating. So anything I've actually used uh, a lot of lion's mane in combination with CBD. So lion's mane works really, really well for, for me to get energized and focus and into what I'm doing. But sometimes it's almost a little bit overstimulating. So I'll add CBD in with that. Um, I don't use THC before uh, working, like sitting down at my desk and, and going through a, you know, a productive day of meetings and, and important stuff like that. I use THC uh, if I'm going to do like a solo podcast and I just want to just like blab about something and get my thoughts out. I love to use THC before I write. I see my, my creativity goes through the roof when I use THC. So um, I use it in a lot of different ways. I use it in combination with a lot of other things. Uh, but when I'm taking one thing just by itself, it's usually just CBD for the calming aspects. So I'm assuming your uh, nootropics probably going to be the shit. Hell yeah, man. You can be a, you can be a tester for us. Oh dude, I would love to, because you know, what's funny is like what you said is I love, um, lion's mane and there's some, there's a few good nootropics. There's actually not as many good ones out there as people think, but, um, but I agree, like it, it does help me focus, but sometimes I've never actually associated it with being overstimulated, but um, it's hard for me to not get distracted and want to do so many things at once. So what you're talking about makes me feel like I could actually zone in on one thing and, and get to work. So, yeah, I've been sending Jay some and he's all about what we've put together so far. So you're next, man. <laughs> Dude, I love it. Hell yeah. So man, like the last question I have for you is a personality question. Um, and it's just a basic scenario, but I always like to see who you're interested in, what, you, what philosophy you like to be about. So the situation is you're at a dinner table. THC included, you have three people at this dinner table with you and they can be anybody ever in history, alive or dead, but they cannot be friends or family. 
who's sitting next to you at this dinner table? Mm, that's good. For sure. One of them is Aubrey Marcus. Uh, Aubrey Marcus has literally changed my life in the last three years. And to go along with that, Joe Rogan's got to be there as well. Joe Rogan, Aubrey Marcus, and then uh, can't be friends. Okay. I was about to say Adam Schaefer from Mind Pump, but I can't say that because I've kind of become friends with him. Um, the, the first two were quick. Joe Rogan was definitely at mine. Aubrey's a good dude, and I could definitely see, see you vibing with him, so that makes sense. Yeah, I was actually at Aubrey Marcus's mastermind a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't be, I didn't get to build the friendship that I wanted to because it was there was a lot of people there. But man, I look up to that guy, and I look up to what he puts out into the world uh, from just a mind opening uh, mind opening approach. And I think that that's what Joe Rogan is really good at, and what I really connect with. Um, man, one other person. Those are like the two massive influences in my life. Uh, probably Tim Ferriss. There you go. There would yeah. be a lot of experience and knowledge at that table. I mean, I feel like Joe Rogan's an encyclopedia, let alone Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, so Tim Ferriss is one of the first people that I started listening to from a podcast perspective when I really wanted to change what I was doing with my life and reading the four hour work week and really starting to see if you look at all three of those guys, the way that they look at life and approach life is from just an optimization standpoint. And I think there's so much that we can do to optimize our time here on this life, in this life and on this planet that I think that we don't focus off enough and we don't talk about enough. And I think that that's a huge reason why I look up to those guys because there are a lot of people that would disagree with the messages that they put out into the world because that's, but that's only because they have personal preferences that don't align with them. And when people, Hamilton Morris actually said this on the Joe Rogan podcast and he, he goes, you can never judge people off of your own personal preference. And I think I look at those three people and I think that that's something that they really emulate. And that's something that I truly, truly want to emulate in my own life because I think that personal preferences have pigeonholed me at times in my life and held me back from, having a certain conversation or making a certain decision to actually change my life because, Hey, maybe I, because I was raised super Catholic and I still have like these thoughts in my head or like people make certain decisions. Uh, Aubrey Marcus, for example, uh, in relationships and the way that he approaches them. And I think if you write that off, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. That doesn't mean that you need to connect with everything that thought leaders put out, but I think that we should always explore uh, the thing that these people like to talk about. And, and that's, that's really, really important to me. And I think that's helped me transition a lot in becoming a leader in business and, you know, just building a community of like-minded individuals and saying, Hey, like, I don't have the right answer. I don't know if you have the right answer, but let's talk about it. Let's have this difficult conversation. Let's, let's really evaluate both sides. And that doesn't mean we need to come to an agreement, but that means that we're actually just giving each other light and saying, Hey, I see you. I feel you. I like what you put out into the world. And I'm here to, I'm here to absorb that. And I'm here to consider it. I'm not going to enter conversations with a closed mind anymore. And those three people, man, that's, that's what's changed my life. And that's something that I want to continue to learn to be more of. I think if people just take that one thing away from this podcast, to be honest with you, it would be a massive takeaway for people to grow because 
if you do follow that path that you were just talking about, you will be pigeonholed. You will not learn as much. You will not grow as much. It's, it's impossible to not be um, dogmatic. You will not have yeah. an open mind. So I a hundred percent agree, man. I, I love the way we ended that. So um, before we get off, where can everybody find you, your following, your products, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely, man. So my personal Instagram is Joseph Sheehy, J-O-S-E-P-H-S-H-E-E-H-E-Y. My podcast is Higher Health on iTunes, Higher Health Media on Instagram, and then Cured Nutrition, of course, our hemp company, Cured Nutrition on Instagram, curednutrition.com. And for all listeners of this podcast, code BOOM is going to save you guys 15% off. So go to curednutrition.com. I appreciate you having me on this platform, man. It's been really awesome connecting with you, and I'm super stoked to continue this and have you on my podcast here soon. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited. Thanks, brother. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called the all-inclusive guide to mastering your diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients, literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book, not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum. That is the only way into the forum, and that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes charts. Oh, yeah, and real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys, and I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.